Welcome back to the Chicago Maroon and a happy start to the winter quarter and 2022. As always, for this episode, I'll be your host, Isaac Krakoka, and I've got a few stories from the first few weeks of returning back to Hyde Park. So initially, I'm going to lead our show with a story about everyone's favorite bike rider, Dean John Boyer. And John Boyer will be concluding his tenure as the dean of the college after this 2022 to 2023 upcoming academic year, according to an email he sent on Monday to undergrad students. He will be transitioning to serving as the senior advisor to the president on July 1st, 2023. This new role, which was offered to Boyer by President Paulo Livisatos, entails responsibilities such as international development, global education, and the support of programs involving public discourse, academic freedom, and the history of higher education. Olivia Saltos also wrote that the president and provost will soon begin the formal selection process for the next dean by assembling a faculty advisory committee. Regarding Boyer's tenure, he served as the dean of the college under five university presidents, Hannah Holborn Gray, Hugo Schoenstein, Don Randall, Robert Zimmer, and now Paul Olivisatos. His first appointment as dean in 1992 by Gray was reappointed by Zimmer for a sixth five-year term in 2017. His tenure is the longest anyone has served under this role, and no other college dean has served for more than 10 years. Boyer is also the Martin A. Ryerson Distinguished Service Professor of History. He joined the university faculty upon receiving his PhD from the university in 1975 and regularly teaches civilization courses in the college's core curriculum. I've never taken one of those, but I'd like to. Under Boyer's deanship, enrollment in the college doubled from around 3,500 students to more than 7,500 students, and the acceptance rate decreased from 77% to 6%. In this period, the university built three new residence halls, RGGRC, South, Rene Granville-Grossman, Campus North, and Woodlawn. The university also established the Odyssey Scholars Program, the college's flagship financial aid that has supported more than 5,000 students since its inception in 2007. Additionally, throughout his tenure, Boyer also oversaw the expansion of the college's study abroad opportunities, including the Civ Abroad Program and the University Center in Paris, as well as other changes in the undergrad curriculum, including new majors in molecular engineering, data science, creative writing, and media arts and design. Finally, Boyer's deanship also saw the expansion of the college's career advancement series, most notably the Jeff Metcalf Internship Program, an internship base established by alumni in 1997. This program, which began with eight internships, now includes more than 4,000. And I can speak to the Metcalf internships. I have had two of those over my four years now at UChicago. They've been wonderful opportunities, and I've been incredibly grateful for the chance to work with industry professionals and to get paid to do it. And according to Paul Livisatos, the university will plan and announce events to honor John's exceptional contributions later this year. A university spokesperson also said that further details about Boyer's teaching plans will be announced soon. So Dean Boyer is officially retiring from Dean of the Students, so still be a professor, right? I'm sure we've all seen him biking around, sending out those emails where he is postured up in the uh, Harper reading room. Um, I'll certainly miss him as Dean, I suppose. Looking at his list of achievements, he's really transformed the University of Chicago. I mean, the biggest thing that stands out to me is the acceptance rate decrease from 77 to 6%. Um, he really entrenched you Chicago as a selective school. Um, 
and and furthered its commitment to academic excellence. So Dean Boyer, if you happen to be listening to these podcasts, though I doubt you do, but if you happen to be listening to them, thank you for your service from an undergraduate student who you've probably never met and have never seen. But I've seen you in the least weird way possible. Anyways, in a completely different change of directions, UChicago will start a multi-year fund aimed at fostering relationships between the university and community-based organizations, according to University President Paul Olivisatos at a virtual roundtable discussion last Tuesday. At this discussion, Olivisatos and experts from community organizations discussed the university's plans to address, quote, the root cause of violence following a recent rise in shootings around Hyde Park. You can check out the Maroon for all the coverage of of these uh, unfortunate shootings over the past few months. In his introductory remarks, Olivia Satos said that the fund will be aimed at supporting and encouraging partnerships between university units and community-based entities that advance research and improve community-based outcomes. So basically, the university's current goal is to offer the fund's first grants early this summer, and more details about this process and exact timeline will be following soon. Dean of the Crown School, Deborah Gorman-Smith, said that neighborhoods experiencing high violent crime have, quote, for decades suffered from disinvestment, unemployment, poverty, inequality in education, and decreased access to social, medical, and mental health services. Brenda Battle, Senior Vice President from Community Health Transformation at UChicago Medicine, then spoke about UChicago Medicine's Violence Recovery Program, which was created in 2019. The program is aimed at helping those affected by violent crime heal holistically, according to Battle. It features partnerships between Chicago Medicine and community organizations like Chicago Create Real Economic Density. So looking at this roundtable, it appears as though the university community and, for example, Chicago Medicine and the Crown School are working collaboratively with community organizations to address the root causes of violence, the uh, social health disparities between uh, the university community and surrounding neighborhoods. And I believe personally that this is long overdue um, and it's a necessary step in uh, breaking down the, the othering barriers between Hyde Park and the surrounding communities. Um, I think seeing Hyde Park as less of a, an island uh, a university island on Chicago's south side will go a long way towards dispelling these acts of violence. Uh, and I'm excited to see what this um, roundtable will come up with over the next few years. And to end the news of the episode, I'll be providing the COVID update. So the university reported 307 new COVID cases and a 1.73% positivity rate in surveillance tests this past week, according to a UChicago Forward email sent Friday afternoon. At this point, I don't know the exact numbers, but for the first three weeks of campus life, we've certainly seen an uptick in COVID cases since Delta and the OG COVID last year. Um, Omicron appears to be spreading quite easily throughout the university community. And so I urge everyone obviously to stay healthy, but uh, 56 of the 307 positive cases came from the university's surveillance testing program, but the rest are symptomatic testing and self-reported cases of off-campus students. As of Friday, 28 students are in on-campus isolation housing while 66 students are isolating off-campus. And I imagine I'm, you know, I'm not the public health professional here. I only study it. Uh, hopefully I get into my master's program, but that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> 
given that 56 of the 307 positive cases came from the surveillance testing program, I would imagine that the 307 new COVID cases is a bit of an underestimation of COVID on campus because we all know that COVID can be passed asymptomatically, right? If I am feeling sick and I have COVID, it's not like I'm going to go to a party or see people. I would simply be feeling sick and fatigued and bad. So asymptomatic spread, I'm sure, is increasing the underlying COVID incidence on campus. Uh, and that about 2% positivity rate, I'm sure, is a little bit higher than that, which is incredibly scary. That's one in 50 students right now um, tested positive for, for COVID. Last week, Housing and Residence Life reimposed restrictions on inter-dorm visitors that were in place last academic year, meaning between dorms. Like if I live in South, I can't really go and see people in North, I believe. But according to the email, further updates on the policy will be provided on February 4th here in, by the time you listen to this, here in a couple of days. <laughs> the university will also release information on the new requirement that instructors and students keep their masks on while speaking in classrooms. The university is currently working with experts from UChicago Medicine to, quote, see when conditions will allow some additional precautions to be rolled back. The email to students and university community members reiterated that all students must comply with the university's COVID-19 booster shot requirement by January 31st. Students who are currently eligible to get a booster shot must either upload proof of receiving a booster shot in the My Wellness portal or apply for an exception. Uh, I have already submitted my booster proof. I got my booster in December. I got it in December when I went home for winter break and I got a Moderna booster after getting two Pfizer shots to start my COVID vaccine requirement. Um, so I got the, the immunization cocktail and it kind of knocked me on my butt for like a day and a half. I'm not going to lie. I was feeling kind of totally extremely under the weather <laughs> but after that 36 hours all is good and, and i'm confident that it'll protect me and all that good stuff listen to the medical experts but you don't need me to tell me that if you're listening to this podcast uh, you're probably a university student so you already are vaccinated uh anyways send this to people that uh aren't vaccinated or don't it's your prerogative um but yeah that's basically all of the news that's been happening. Let's talk about my life on campus. If you guys care to hear that, if you don't, you can skip ahead two minutes where I'll say goodbye. Uh, but anyways, I moved back to Hyde Park during the middle of the second week of classes and it's been quite snowy. Uh, regarding COVID, I have, I've seen lots of people walking around outdoors with masks on. Obviously, we've heard over the past year that outdoor masking may not be, you know, necessary, but I think that speaks to our student body's cognizance for COVID-19 awareness. Um, I've never really been in a classroom setting either last quarter or this quarter where students or faculty members refuse to comply with the mask uh, mandate. Um, and I'm happy to see that, obviously. But I know I've seen on Twitter, which is, you know, not real life, but I've seen on twitter.com that uh, mask resistance in you know, university settings has been pretty common uh, elsewhere. And I'm happy to see that our university community is doing a good job at hopefully stimming the spread as much as possible. I've heard reports that the peak of Omicron in Chicago should be happening uh, sometime in February. Uh, I don't want to spread in misinformation. So please fact check that on your own. 
Um, I'm sure there are city of Chicago public, public health organizations that have published that data. But as we approach that peak, I just urge everyone to continue masking and being responsible for not just yourself, but for everyone else around you. So with that, I will end this episode. As always, I am Isaac Krakoka, and we will see you next week, hopefully with some slightly happier news about COVID-19. Peace.